0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Let me just read you a little bit of a news release from the Indian Resource Council. This came out earlier in the week on the 8th of June. And it was about what was going to happen the next day, and it reads thusly. The Indian Resource Council, an organization representing over 130 First Nations who produce or have a direct interest in the oil and gas industry, is leading a delegation of chiefs to Toronto on June 9th, 2022, to meet with the investment community. Their objective is to attract capital for indigenous energy projects and ensure First Nations have equity opportunities going forward. Quote, there is an idea in some corners of Canada that First Nations are opposed to oil and gas development. In fact, what we want is to be partners and owners in energy projects and benefit from the development of resources from our territories, said Chief Roy Fox, chair of the IRC. All right. Let's talk to the president and CEO of the Indian Resource Council. We're joined by Stephen Buffalo. Stephen, how are you? I'm great, Roy.
1: Um, thanks for having me today.
0: That's always good talking to you, and this is such an important issue. So well, let's get at this because there is a perception, and and it's uh, it's furthered by um, people from various organizations, often folks from Hollywood who come to Canada and say First Nations want nothing to do with uh, with uh, energy development or energy exploration and development. What's the reality, and what is the mandate of the IRC?
1: Well, you know, it has it definitely come to the forefront, you know, uh, that we've seen, uh, you know, Hollywood actors, Jane Fonda, Mark Ruffalo, Leonardo DiCaprio, speak on behalf of First Nations and saying that uh, we have no part of natural resource development, oil and gas, oil sands. And that, that is not true at all, you know, and, and it's, it's, you know, the, the messages and, and the resources that they have to amplify that message is obviously a little bit stronger than ours. You know, and, and for the Indian Resource Council, our, our members have produced oil and gas for over two decades. And, and of course, we, we know the lessons and uh, we've learned to be safe with environmental, uh, environmental regulatory. Uh, and, and um, you know, you'll hear our chairman, Chief Roy Fox, when he speaks, he said, we never harmed anybody. We've never harmed the water, any shallow or deep aquifers. Uh, we never harmed the land in all our resource development. And that's true. You know, the, the regulatory body here in Canada is, is, is uh, very stringent and very tough, which is very good for everybody. But the Indian Resource Council is really primarily there to advocate, not only with government, but with industry, to make sure that, you know, we can maximize uh, resources that Mother Earth has given us.
0: Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about uh, the meeting that you had in Toronto with Canadian bankers and uh, investment people. What did you hear back? And is there, a, is there a sense that they're a little concerned about investing in Canada because of the position of the current federal government?
1: Uh, you know what? I, I was honestly surprised uh, of the reception that we did receive. Now, there's a couple of banks from Quebec that we won't mention that didn't join our roundtable discussions. But uh, regardless, you know, the primarily uh, the members of the big five were there and And uh you know we we've talked about a lot of things and and I honestly anticipated a pushback from natural resource development based on current trends, the IPCC report and and everything like that. And you know we found that they were glad to hear that the delegation did come, our chiefs did come to uh to to relay the message that we're very active in the natural resource sector. We're very active in the oil and gas sector. And, and we are pursuing investment opportunities with national infrastructure, with the uh, carbon capture sequestration, with the, uh, new uh, transmission lines, you know, that are now being, uh, put forward. Because it, it crosses through our traditional territory, it crosses through our First Nation lands. And, and, uh, we're no longer wanting to be a passive royalty recipient. We no longer want just, uh, just the jobs that come with, uh, the partnerships. We want to actually own the asset and, and look for long-term revenues, and the reason being, and this is one thing that I think collectively that they understood is that the Indian Act continues to be a barrier, and and you know to my disappointment, still yet, you know we looking at our conservative friends coming up to a uh, choosing a leader, they don't. No one ever talks about uh, mechanisms to get rid of this this Indian Act or. Working with the First Nations to get rid of this this act, you know the paternalistic, the uh, colonization of this act is, is really uh, is one of the biggest barriers, you know, for us to come uh, to, to participate in mainstream industry and and to achieve, you know, long long term revenues for ourselves that we can utilize to, to deal with some of the issues that we have, you know, uh, like Roy, you gotta understand, you know, we we. We have a lot of need. Our populations are growing, but our landmass isn't. Our demographics are growing, our landmass remains the same. But billions of dollars is made in our traditional territories, sometimes without our our participation. But now, as we see it in, in this thing called ESG, the environmental social governance, is a key driver for inclusion of First Nations now. You know, there's more of an e, the environmental versus the social aspect of it, but that's changing. You know, and and uh, like I said, the the roundtable discussions we had, they, I, I I was very impressed with with the the institutions we met, with the pension plan holders we met with, that you know they 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 were satisfied to know that First Nations are very much wanting to achieve this.
0: Yeah, and we're not talking just about a a few First Nations that are involved with the irc and have the same objectives there are many give us an idea of how large the organization is
1: well we have 130 first nations that had used to produce oil and gas or have pipelines through their their community and and uh you know and, and quite honestly we're national because uh, as a special operating agency of, of uh indian oil and gas canada which is a special operating agency of uh of the Indian Affairs Indian, Indigenous Services Canada, you know some of the uh, the laws and, and the regula- regulations based on it being on reserve land kind of tie, so that the first all of the First Nations basically in Canada are members, even if they haven't produced, just because of, of uh, some of the policy that's in our Act for for the land. But uh, you know, obviously, it, it's been tough. You know, uh, we, we've had struggles. Uh, you know, when oil was uh, initially at one hundred and twenty dollars a barrel, we've had services, we've had companies that were doing everything they can to get some, some work from these big companies. Uh, but it, there are more barriers at one hundred and twenty dollar oil than there was at two dollar oil. So when the when the prices fell, obviously the barriers came down and, and uh industry is prepared to work with First Nations and uh, some of our service companies. And and now through COVID we're trying to re-identify ourselves and and uh, you know the federal government launched the first nations or no they, they launched the site rehabilitation program national for BC Alberta Saskatchewan and and Alberta got one billion dollars. you know we we had to uh, work really hard and and I want to thank our premier Jason Kenney, you know he done a lot for First Nations in the history of Alberta as premier to the First Nations here in Alberta. And one of the components he did is he's able to allow us to uh, get a set-aside of $100 million for our period six First Nation site rehabilitation program. So through this program, Roy, our leaders were able to pick our contractors. were primarily Indigenous. Pick the workers that would do the reclamation work. And, and to date, we've got $132 million. through the process. We've done over 1,600 uh, 1, sites. You know, like, this is a program that worked, you know, and, and we couldn't have done it without the support of our premier and work partnership with the province of Alberta and proof that we can do this work together. But, you know, these are, these are some of the things that, you know, we're, we're trying to achieve here is, is, is to make money for ourselves, to do the work ourselves.
0: If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever